Welcome to the Real Marathon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best in film each and every week. I'm Rob Carraher. And I'm Danny Carraher. And we are back this week talking about the next film in our marathon, Annihilation, which is also directed by Alex Garland. Um, we, we had started with men probably about a month ago. And now we are going to talk about Annihilation before we finish out with his first film, um, Ex Machina. So today we are talking Annihilation. Danny, what did you think of Annihilation? Actually, Danny, do you want to give us kind of some background on Annihilation? Yeah. Uh, So Annihilation came out in 2018. Uh, It's a film that stars uh, Natalie Portman. Oscar Isaac plays a role in this movie. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, Tessa Thompson are also um, starring roles in this. And um, this is really a story about a some sort of um, meteor or extraterrestrial um, object strikes Earth. And um, that's kind of at the outset of the movie. And we follow... Natalie Portman's character, who's a biologist, as her, she is kind of pulled into this um, this extraterrestrial event occurring, and um, it's weird to say extraterrestrial because in a lot of ways this isn't really an alien movie. Uh, in some ways, it very clearly is, um, but I think it's really dwells a lot on like the horror elements, and I think there's some pretty clear metaphor going on in this movie. Um, We talked about with men that being a movie that had a lot of metaphor, but maybe not a lot of story there. This is a movie that has some metaphor, but also has some story to go with it. And um, I think that ultimately that's what makes this a pretty enjoyable movie. Um, I don't think that this is... uh, a movie that I necessarily am like dying to rewatch often. I've seen it now twice, saw it in the theater and now I've seen it um, again for this podcast. Um, But I actually um, gave it seven out of 10 stars and we'll get into why exactly. But I I think this is worth checking out, especially if you like horror and um, sci-fi. What what did you think, Rob? So, I didn't know entirely what to think of this movie going into it. We had just seen uh, Men, and Men left us, I think, a little bit disappointed. So my expectations were somewhat tempered. It had been a long time since I had seen Ex Machina, and I remember loving Ex Machina, um, but I, I almost started to wonder if that film would even play as well as I originally remembered it. Um, because of uh, how, I guess, disappointing men ended up being. As, as good as elements were, um, that film kind of left us wanting more. I ended up loving Annihilation. Mm. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Wow. Um, I think that it is very imaginative, um, and it, it's, it's wholly unique. I've never seen anything quite like it. Uh, it really kind of merges and brings together the genres of sci-fi and horror. And I think that 
in a way, it's equally both mm-hmm. uh, because there is um, some very sci-fi elements to this, uh, but then there are. Uh, honestly, this is a horror movie because the, yeah. it, it, the premise and kind of the way that this plays out um, is very horror-like. Uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit. Um, the sci-fi part of it reminded me a little bit of Arrival. Um, and the horror element part of it kind of reminded me of the movie The Gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen The and, Gray. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of just that horror of uh, not knowing what's going to be around the corner and kind of trying to escape whatever uh, may be lurking there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love both of those movies as well. But I think what kind of puts this movie... Um, above is that it has a really good cast of actors that all play their role really well, um, and they, you know, for some of these these actors, it's a very different role. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily the the typical thing that they always play, and so I I really really enjoyed it, uh, and. I even there was a period of time where I thought about giving it a ten, but I mm. think there are some uh, elements story wise that kind of bring it down a little bit because um, it, it may not be fully fleshed out, um, but it, it definitely leaves you thinking, and that I think that I like movies like that, and even if it's not perfect, if it leaves me thinking about it for the days after, um, I tend to really. That's awesome. I was not expecting you to like this movie as much as you did. And since you liked it so much, let's just start by talking about what we did really like about the movie and more specifics. Um, I want to start with the general, just the story of the movie. Um, I know that you talked, there might be some problems, but we'll save those to talk about right now. Um, You mentioned that it is a really creative movie, and I think that you can't argue with that. This is like... They've got um, so many opportunities to make something interesting happen with what this world inside of the, what do they call it? I can't remember. The Shimmer? The Shimmer. Yeah, yeah. The Shimmer. Which is, which is like the growing sphere that has occurred around where this meteor hit initially. Um, and so the biologist that uh, Natalie Portman plays enters into the Shimmer um, and you see trippy things happening, animals that have grown mutations, and uh, just the idea of mutation itself is something that's explored heavily throughout the movie and gets into one of the key themes of the movie that I think is pretty prominent uh, within the story. And um, there's a character that actually has cancer, and so you get that tie between the mutations of something kind of changing it but the thing that's kind of cool about that is like there's a weird sort of beauty in the mutations as well so there's this other layer to it it's not something that's only horrifying and only unpredictable but there's also beauty there and so i think that creative element is super fascinating yeah and i think the kind of fantastical uh world that is within the shimmer um that that kind of separates it from the real world outside of there it lends itself to a platform for garland as a filmmaker to showcase what he does best 
and uh, create just a visual spectacle that is um, absolutely amazing, really. And the way that they do it is uh, pretty cool. I mean, like, it, you're, this could be really hokey in the way that they present it because there is a lot of uh, visual effects that are mm -hmm. used in order to make this work. But uh, I never felt like, okay, what are they? That, that just gone too far. Right. Uh, he does a really good job of kind of bringing together the uh, real, what he's capturing with the camera mm -hmm. in real life and then being able to add those visual elements on top of that. Um, and this story just, it, it kind of puts all of that on a platform for us. Yeah. Like the environment that, because uh, this is a, this is a book first. Right? Yeah, Isn't it? I was about to mention it's based on a book or maybe a short story by Jeff Vandermeer, um, and I think I, I don't. I haven't done the research on this recently, but I think when it came out, I remember them talking about how like it, it is. It is very clearly an adaptation. I think that there are things that are significantly different, but also very clear similarities as well. Um, I remember even. After this movie came out, uh, and after Arrival came out, there were some comparisons because, like you said, it, they're both alien movies, but they have a different but, spin to it. It's yeah, not, it's not the same story. Yeah, it's not the same type of you know conflict with the aliens yeah. that you usually see. Um, in the others, I think one of the main reasons that I really think it's like Arrival is because it jumps back and forth through time a little mm. bit. Yep. So we see things kind of uh, at different moments, um, and it doesn't necessarily have a completely linear mm -hmm. uh, uh, story. Like it, right. the, the way that it's told uh, gives us little pieces um, mm -hmm. as we go along. So I, I know that... Some people may not like the idea of trying to kind of put together the story as it goes along because mm -hmm. really you don't truly kind of know what's going on in you, until the end. And even at the end, and that's where I think we may run into some issues, even at the end, there's still kind of an ambiguous... Right. Uh, what, is the, what does it mean for the, the world we live in? Right, yeah. and is... That there's that, but also uh, I think that it's kind of left up to interpretation uh, how this has impacted the characters within right. the story. Um, that and and that I think can sort of maybe rub people the wrong way because it doesn't give you everything, um, and it it asks you as the viewer to kind of put some things together. Yeah. I think also it is an ending where it asks you to maybe interpret it in different ways. I, I would be curious to know if we have different interpretations of the ending, but we don't have to get into that right now. The I, I think that um, while we're talking about story, something that I think is really just like a spectacle of this movie occurs in the last 20 minutes. And it's unlike anything that you've seen before and even while it is maybe one of the more strange things i've seen in a movie for some reason it it like 100 percent works i've never for a moment 
taken out of it, yeah. I'm completely engrossed in that. And I would say that um, I'll, I'll talk about some of my issues with the movie later, but this that ending for for the most part is like one of the saving graces of the movie, I think, and makes it highly memorable. Another part of that is the score. Oh, the score is so good. And that I I am going to admit right now that I am a sucker for an amazing score. And if the score really the score can elevate a lot of other elements of the film. And it, I think it, it takes a performance that's really, any performance that's good has a good score. I think it kind of under underscores yeah. uh, those the those performances and those moments that make the performances great. Right. Um, or it, mixing it with certain visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that uh, kind of brings them alive more. Well, and and it, it just works. And, and they just nailed it. They, they nailed the they score. Absolutely this. nailed it, and I think that it's great for much of the movie, but it makes itself so present in that last sequence, yes. and it's so perfect because it's you need something that that announces itself in the same way that the visuals just are unlike anything you've seen before. Um, it is. It is. I would say. I mean, it, I don't think it's like other. Stanley Kubrick movies, but just the the spectacle of it feels like Spielberg or a Kubrick type of like just something like wow I've never seen that before yeah. and I think that's really cool. Um, you would we you talked about performances in this movie. I think for me the perform I, I think Natalie Portman's a really good in everything she's in, and I I I think that she d- does a good job of especially as you get more into the story, seeing there's so many layers to her relationship with other characters in the movie. And um, you can, especially once you know what is going on, if you rewatch it, you can really see all of those layers in each scene that she has, especially between her and Oscar Isaac. And Oscar Isaac has, I think, a challenging role because he's not in it that much. Yep. But he has to be play kind of different again, different layers of himself, and I think that it was because he transforms, but we kind of see that transformation out of order. Yes, um, and because he, he he almost he almost plays two different characters, but they're right. the same same character, right? Uh, and and, it, and but I guess you could say. The other character is just changed, right? You know, the other yeah. version of him has been changed right. for for the worse, seemingly. Yep. You know, and I also love his accent. His what? <laughs> his accent. Oh yeah, he kind of does a southern accent, yeah, doesn't he? He does, and well, I have, I've never heard him do anything like that before. It was so a, it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. It was. The, I think one of the better scenes in the movie is when, the, in terms of dialogue, is them when they're laying in bed, and. They're just kind of like, I think really it's their acting that sells that scene. I don't know if the dialogue is the thing that sells the scene, but um, that is a, it really works. And especially because how good that scene is, it fills in a lot of extra history for those characters that 
then you don't need to see much more of the Oscar Isaac character after that. Right. And so it allows the movie to be more efficient and get, which, get through more uh, other parts of the story. Which uh, I think is a testament to how good the script is. Yeah. Um, and we, we trashed uh, Alex Garland a little bit on the script for men yeah. and how we... Uh, Hey, we were talking about how maybe he's not as good of a screenwriter, but he's a screenwriter first. I, I didn't realize that. And I went back and I was looking at his well, filmography and he's written a bunch of movies that he didn't direct. Like he wrote, wrote the screenplay for Never Let Me Go, which is, a, I would say, a really hard book to adapt. Yeah. The fact that and, he that he did so well with that. Yeah. Uh, so I take back my uh, comment. I just think that men didn't hit the way he wanted it to. I and it also makes you think too. I know we talked a lot about with men, but just comparing it to this, this is a movie that leaves you with something at the end that gets you to ponder something, and that was a movie that really didn't, yeah, that much at all. Um, I we can talk. We could go in a couple of different directions. We could talk about the directing, but I also want to talk about the Stephen King's horror, yep, things. So which one do you want to touch on first? Um. Let's talk about the direction here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, especially seeing, we're watching this in backwards order from men. We talked about how, like, there's some outside sequences that are really good. And I think he's actually, I, I took for granted how good he is at just capturing space mm -hmm. really well. And I think that's a hard thing to do as a director but I think it's really important to do when you're a genre director that's in horror or sci-fi because horror sets and spaces and sci-fi spaces are so important to the story. And it's really important in this story because the shimmer is like a character in and of itself. Yep. And um, that goes with probably all of the stuff they did digitally afterward. But also I would imagine there was stuff practically that they did to make it look and appear to be fantastical for the actors. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I don't think that, obviously we understand as viewers that some of the stuff was created, but that it was created after the fact, just because that's the way that movies work. Right. But it looked really good. Mm -hmm. uh, and the way that he was able to visualize how this was going to all be set up, and the way that it was going to look, even though uh, he likely had to do stuff after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he had to have a vision for this. Movie. Yes, and, and it, it looks amazing. Yeah, and specifically the scene, the the like climax scene that we're talk that we talk about, like the way to the way that he was able to visualize that and make that work mm -hmm. um, is pretty extraordinary. Right. Um, Real, really quickly, you know, we we had a a movie we watched for the Robert Eggers series, The Lighthouse. Lighthouse is a prominent feature in this movie as well. Yep. I'm I'm curious to to know if you make anything of the symbol of a lighthouse, what it might mean, what it might uh, add to the story. Why is that the location for this meteor to hit? Um, I'm not sure that I have fully fleshed out its meaning, but I think that this idea of a lighthouse kind of being 
this this beacon of uh, being able to kind of look out over mm. something, um, I think is important. And I think that it also sort of represents safety in a way. Mm. Um, whether you're in the lighthouse, which in both of those movies, being in the lighthouse represents that safety. Yeah. But it also represents safety for those who are out following the, the beacon right. of the lighthouse. And so that as they are heading toward the lighthouse, it's kind of that as long as they're heading toward the lighthouse, it, yeah. it, uh, it continues to kind of be that, that yeah. mode, of, mode of safety. What were you thinking in terms of... Well, I, I just thought it had, like you said, when you're in a lighthouse, you have a different perspective. You're higher up. You can see a lot more. And I think that that, to, at a very, it's very core, there might be other stuff going on. I think it is about like you go there and you have a new perspective and this is after the sequence in the lighthouse you as an audience member has a, have a different perspective the characters have a different perspective yep. it is i mean it is a shift in the story for sure um and like the, i think what actually is really great about the story is you don't know re ever really where you're headed in the story because yep. the shimmer is so unpredictable right you know you think they're headed towards the center of the shimmer, wherever that is, and um, but you, there's no way to predict where the story's going to take you. Um, that's absolutely right, and I think that uh, kind of using the lighthouse as a shift to our talk about this is as a horror movie, and maybe the lighthouse being a horror movie. Yeah, you take this this concept or this idea of something that is safe safe. And you flip it completely over, and you make it a uh, a location of terror or yeah. horror that uh, that ends up terrorizing the characters. There, there is for the characters in both movies. There is kind of this uh, maybe safety of being there, and it is a false sense of safety. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think in terms of this movie providing. The terror aspect, 100% that's there. Yep. I would say there's a sequence where, I don't want to give away too much because people might still want to see it. Um, the, they find some footage in the, in the um, shimmer. And what they see on that footage is, like I think, maybe one of the scarier sequences in the movie because it is like... It is terror absolute horror i think in the definition of horror in a lot of ways and it's also done too in how they react to what they see and that's part of it as well yeah um they're the way they use video in because they they there's a, a i think there's a couple different situations where they use video in the mm -hmm. film uh like where they're going back and watching video yep. that was filmed by previous people that were in the shimmer yep. and that reveal every single time is there is terror involved with that but i think the one that you're talking about it it in a way kind of represents every level in that same yep. in that same thing because uh there's it, there, there. there is the gross out part of it but it's used so effectively because he doesn't overuse the gore no, uh, there is some of it in the film, but he uses it appropriately to almost uh, make these things scarier down the line. Mm -hmm. um, and 
and so yeah you use the gore there you have kind of the horror aspect of that of something that just is beyond anything that we would uh think could actually happen to a real human being and then there is the terror of uh what could happen yeah um, absolutely so yeah i think that is a moment where garland absolutely nails it yeah and i i think you know we we've talked a lot about what we have liked is there something that we have missed in terms of what's been really good about this movie um i don't don't think so because i wanted to make sure that we talked about the score yeah and, and uh it it, it disappoint, disappoints me because this movie didn't get any uh academy award love um and i feel like it probably should have on multiple levels yeah and score is one of those i can't i don't know necessarily what else came out that year but just my experience with seeing a movie um and how the score really kind of sets the tone for me mm -hmm. uh this is the sort of score that i almost guarantee would have been one of my probably top three favorite scores if not my favorite that year just because of the way that it works in this one and it's just really memorable too in a totally unique way um well i want to talk about some things that maybe didn't work for us uh rob you've mentioned some of the like story stuff might have been an issue for you is that mostly where the issues are or? yeah for me it's mostly um yeah it's mostly just that it Maybe isn't as tight of a story as I was hoping for mm -hmm. in the end. Um, still, there's a lot to like there, but uh, because it doesn't entirely put all the pieces together, I think there's kind of some loose ends that uh, kind of leaves things maybe a little up in the air. Yeah. And so for me, that is the one detractor um and the reason i was able to give it a nine out of ten yeah i i, I would say i agree there's some i think for the most part the flipping between different timelines works but there's some stuff even now where there's technically i think three timelines because there's the kind of present and then there's her past with like her, her with Oscar Isaac, yep. and then there's the stuff in the middle. In the, yep. yep. And uh, sometimes that all gets kind of jumbled, I think. In trying and, to piece it together. Yes. And I think it does matter because we are, for the most part, hearing the story from the present. Right. And, um, yeah. and or at least where she, where she has come back from the shimmer. Yep. And uh, I think that that does play a, a, a role in kind of how you see things at the end um other things that didn't work for me I, I actually think that alex garland's dialogue is iffy sometimes it it feels forced um it felt maybe some of like that i they, they had to do this for the story there's kind of this like they build the camaraderie between the team and some of that stuff really didn't seemed to like as believable to me it felt i don't know it didn't for me it didn't ever i never had a moment where i was like eh, that that's not good like yeah. i i in it's not there, bad it's just there are work for me there are times where i'll see a movie and i'm just like oh the dialogue is just terrible 
And I don't know if it's the way that this film is presented um, that allows me to maybe accept some things that I wouldn't accept, say, yeah. if it was just a straight-up drama. Because in a straight-up dr- drama, I think the dialogue and the way that people speak matters a lot more than in a lot of other genres. Mm-hmm. Um, because drama is mostly kind of represented in a very real-life type environment. Yeah. And uh, a movie like this, uh, there's so much that's kind of in a realm of disbelief that um, I think as a viewer... It doesn't rub me the wrong way if there are some things that maybe are maybe a little too on the nose yeah. uh, and um, maybe are only there for the sake of trying to push a point forward. Yeah, and uh, that's where I think I had issue with the dialogue is it felt like it was exposition-y at times. And it's more that, annoying. Yeah, and, <laughs> but that, that there's... A reason for the story that it has to be that way and um i i felt that way too in terms of the beginning i i feel like this movie gets to a whole new level when there's the, the sequence where oscar isaac returns is really good and then when they enter the shimmer it's like on a different level i think but i think the stuff before that otherwise feels sort of like okay i haven't really bought in yet and that's kind of a a first act type of issue that i think maybe the story or maybe it is the presentation it could be the editing i really don't know what part of the storytelling it is but something's not working there for me um and lastly i this is nitpicky but i maybe it's because i just don't like her as a performer but jennifer jason lee can't stand her in this movie (laughs) i cannot stand her she is she has she's so one note she is like completely like i don't know like all of her line delivery seems like a bad actor is doing it and you might and i know a lot of people really like her as an actor but she does not it doesn't work for me i'm sorry i don't have necessarily a problem with her but it's not like i'm like oh i love i gotta see the yeah. new jennifer jason lee movie yeah um in a way though that role I, I i almost wonder if you have a i'm thinking like a kate blanchett playing a role like that it mm-hmm. almost kind of overshadow you can't um, have it be too big you can't, yeah you can't have it somebody too big it all like it needs to be somebody that's a little bit more subdued um, I think to not overshadow the other performances because she's, I I guess I kind of see where you're coming from from that that, but it just her role to me wasn't as meaningful as some of the other characters. And I think maybe, it could have been so it, much more it, meaningful. It, maybe it should have been, but. It, that didn't bother me until you brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and so I, I, I will be interested when I revisit this at some point in time to kind of look at it through that lens and see if uh, potentially a better actor in that, that role uh, could have improved it and well, yeah. very well might have. And yeah, I almost think like I'm thinking 
this she she might not she might be too young for this, but I was thinking like a um, Jessica Chastain could have done a role like that because you need somebody who's tough, yeah, who can play tough really well, yeah. And I think she can. Um, yeah, she would have been good in that that but, role. I don't think that that would have been necessarily too young, but I, it you just need some life experience. She just she just seemed so uh, like she's kind of cold. She's cold, but in a in a really annoying way. Like she doesn't, there's no, there's, you don't get the depth of personality in her coldness. It's just so like, ugh. I, I, she grates on me. And I, did that probably drop the movie a point for you? It dropped a point for me. Like legitimately, I was like, I cannot. And, but the reason why too, is because I do think that her character represents a kind of critical theme in the movie. And I, I, I even, question i'm like i wonder if she was in it more and something like that was cut out because her performance isn't great um hmm. i but th- that i don't know anything like that just I'm just speculating but yeah i mean he yeah you don't know you don't know yeah. uh, if you don't know if uh this is i mean granted i haven't seen probably enough jennifer jason lee performances to really know but, if she's a one you know when she's or, in she plays a role in um, the Hateful Eight. Yeah, like that, that's like a character she's kind of made to play. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like I just it's kind I, of an abrasive character. I didn't. That's I not didn't really likeable. believe her as this character, and that was maybe that's where the issue is. Because that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, I in it to me it probably would have been a little more problematic for me. If they, it was just the two of them on this journey together, yeah. but the fact that it starts with uh, five, with all with five of them, she's not, she doesn't take as much screen time, uh, and and so I don't know. I to me, I didn't, I didn't have that feeling when I was watching it uh, the first time, but uh, you you may have a point. Yeah, I I. I do. I mean, just for the record, I, I think this movie has a lot to say and has a lot to offer. But I think some of it gets sort of muddled, and like you said, at the end of it, I, I do. You are left thinking. You're left questioning. But I think some t- some of it feels a little messy still, yeah. and um, that's yeah. Because there's definitely movies that leave you thinking. But it's done with such precision that you recognize this is the way that the uh, director intends for you to leave the film. Yeah. And in this, you kind of are left wondering if he wants you to think something and it doesn't quite get you there. Right. Um, and and so, yeah, there there is just a little bit of messiness in terms of that. Uh, I think it, you almost needed, like, one other quick scene or something to add some context for the like final shots of the movie uh, if I think we're on the same page yep. with that and um, otherwise yeah but I, I I think in terms of this being a horror movie we definitely clearly liked it better than men I think it has a lot more to offer than men I'm excited to talk about this movie in comparison to Ex Machina yep. because both these two are more cl- this one I think is more clearly sci-fi horror. There's a case to be made that Ex Machina is more like a thriller. Style. It's more like a sci-fi thriller. Yeah, but we'll we'll talk about that when we 
can we talk about Ex Machina? Yeah, I'm really excited to now talk about Ex Machina. Like, I like the fact that we're kind of moving backwards with this because uh, I think that there are some interesting things that we can draw on from the discussions we've had about this film as we talk about Ex Machina. Um, is there anything else that you want to make sure we leave out there for for people as they are considering watching this film. I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Men was not an adaptation. It was original. It was. Right? I, I know that he's capable of doing original storytelling, but I am more interested in him adapting stories, I think, because then he can really play with his vision and he doesn't have to worry so much about the actual story Story beats, you know? The story beats are there. He still has to follow through with them, but he doesn't have to make it all up, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, One thing that I do want to kind of put out there before we head into talking about Ex Machina next time is the, uh, the idea of nature being presented like it was in men yeah uh that's here again right and i think we'll talk about it a little bit more with ex machina yeah and so kind of just connecting through and as we finish up this this little uh three film mini part of the marathon um i i want to be able to kind of connect all of those uh as we kind of wrap this up so that is something to think about if you are going to end up watching this movie or if you have, uh, that's something to kind of wrap your head around is the idea of how uh, Alex Garland plays with the visuals of a natural world and how a natural world fits within kind of the themes of, of his films. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I, I think this is a movie where if you like uh, the sci-fi genre um, in particular, I, uh, I, I think if you're don't like sci-fi you're probably not gonna like it right uh even though i we we think it is partially horror uh if you can't wrap your head around the idea that there is sci-fi elements of this um probably not gonna like it but if you like sci-fi if you like um the horror genre i think this is a really special movie uh in terms of both of those genres and i highly recommend it you can currently check it out on showtime um and I, I highly recommend doing so. Until next time, have a great week.